Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to episode 16 of Missions and Marketplace podcast with your host, Priest Willis. And I have the honor of sitting down with Joel Lewis, who is the founder, CEO, and owner of Startup Dad Headquarters. That's StartupDadHQ.com. Joel has been the number one ranked business, kids, and family, and education podcast in iTunes Noteworthy. He's on a mission to find extraordinary fathers to figure out how to pursue their dreams of entrepreneurship in order to find their freedom and leave a legacy behind. I had a great conversation with Joel about his podcast and the business where he does coaching with other entrepreneurs and helping them establish their businesses. And one thing that I don't want people to be thrown off by is the name Startup Dads because he has clients that are also women. But the key that we found out through the years is that men have somewhat been put between this line of either being an entrepreneur or just not working at all and unemployed and they need to get in the marketplace. Joel is having great conversations around fathers who are staying home, deciding to continue to work in the workplace, in the marketplace as I call it, but also finding ways to be integrated completely with their family, taking them off to the plays that they would have ordinarily missed back in the nuclear families or taking them to ball games and just doing things that create an atmosphere and a foundation that hopefully will never be changed. I had a great conversation with him. He is very inspiring. I love his spirit and I love his attitude towards business and most importantly, his attitude towards his young family and his beautiful wife and growing his family. And I want you guys to sit back, listen to this podcast because I think you'll enjoy it. And whether you're man or woman, whatever it may be for you, I think this podcast will help change the destiny of you and your entrepreneurial walk. Without further ado, here is Joel Lewis. Welcome to Missions and Marketplace Podcast. Join us as we talk to business and thought leaders to discuss their passions in and outside of business and how it drives them to give and be citizens of goodwill. Let's get started. Hey, Joel, welcome to the program. Priest, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it and uh, honored to be here. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you on here. You're doing such amazing things and I'm inspired by you. You know, of course, that I've reached out to you to kind of build a relationship here and that that was not for nothing. I mean, I think you're doing really good things on your podcast and I kind of want to talk about a lot of stuff with the crowd here. Uh, awesome. I'm, I'm an open book. As you know, on the podcast, I try to share as much as I can with my journey. Uh, like I say, I, uh, often I'm not only a, the founder of Startup Dad Headquarters, but I'm also a client. So <laughs> I, try to, I try to take my audience it's way back when I first launched uh, through the journey with me. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself in terms of how you started in the podcasting, but even go back a little bit further than that. Talk about your corporate journey and how it's led you into podcasting and then building your coaching business and other stuff you have going on. The most important thing about me is I'm a dad, husband, father to three beautiful, precious little girls, a seven-year-old, five-year-old, and just turned three in uh, December 13th. So wow. Yeah, we got a lot going on here. My wife is a NICU nurse, which, as you know, I mean, it's rare that I could find someone that I I say NICU nurse and they don't have a story, either either a personal story or they know someone who had a a child in the NICU and people just love NICU nurses. So um, we got that going on on the home front. For the last 14 years, I was an employee of Intel Corporation. 
you know, that was a great ride. I, I quiet, not quiet, but I got a, they recruited me. That's what it is. Got they, it. Um, from a technical career institute, which was like a trade school, if you will. I got my electrical and computer technology uh, associate from there and they recruited me. And I'm a kid from Brooklyn, New York, you know, the Flatbush area. Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, all I knew was my block, my area. You know, that's all I do. I mean, I, I went to the city a little bit, Queens a little bit. When Intel came and recruited me uh, and I, you know, did went through their test and interview process, did really well. Man, they got me on a flight to New Mexico first class, which was amazing. You know, that was the first time anywhere over there, anywhere else in the country, right? And I think actually that might have been my first time on a flight, on a plane. Besides when I was uh, three years old, my parents flew me to, I, I lived in Haiti. My parents are from Haiti. I lived in Haiti for a couple of years before coming back to the to the States. But that as a grown man, I, I was 21 or something like that. And I first time on a plane. Um, so that was exciting. And then, you know, worked for Intel for 14 years, climbed the corporate ladder, ended up as a senior manager. In 2000, late 2013, they announced that they were going to be shutting the doors um, at the site here in Massachusetts, because uh, Intel is a, you know, it's a global company, but mainly the headquarters is on the West Coast. The site that they had here in Mass. Is that was, the Silicon Valley area, Joel? Yeah, the Silicon Valley area. Exactly. And they have, you know, California is the hub. And then you have like New Mexico, Arizona, Oregon, and those kind of things. And uh, the site that they had here in Mass, the only reason they had a site on the East Coast is because they had acquired it through uh, acquisition, a lawsuit. And that's why they had this site. And the site wasn't built Intel from the ground up because, you know, technology changes so fast. Mm-hmm. And these companies like Lenovo and Intel and stuff, they know how to build their facilities so that mm-hmm. it grows with technology. And this site wasn't built that way. It was acquired from a smaller digital company. And eventually, you know, this happened in 2000, 2001, kind of like when you were getting your feet wet in the affiliate marketing world, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they acquired this company and, uh, and it wasn't able to grow. It wasn't able to expand. And, you know, we, we were the small little engine that could for a very long time. And we survived as long as we could. And then they decided to, to shut the doors. Fortunately, I had already started building um, my business on the side, which is uh, started that headquarters. I still think it's an amazing story to be at a company like Intel for 14 years, because, you know, frankly, in this day and age, there's not a lot of people that are known to be at companies for that long. We can look at LinkedIn accounts and people are jumping over three to four years after being at a company. So there's a lot to be said for your integrity and kind of your follow through with being somewhere for 14 years. But then you had enough vision to already start kind of this side hustle, if, if that's a good word for it right now, at least this startup dad headquarters. So let's talk about the mission of Startup Dad and the podcast itself, because one of the things that I appreciated most about you and what gravitated me to you most was the fact that I go through a lot of different podcasts and here I find you, I see that you were just coming into your hundredth episode, but I was so inspired by you because you put your family out front and you were saying, look, I am first, you know, a husband, a father and all these other things, but I am certainly an entrepreneur. And that is an awesome story and a testimony. So tell us a little bit about the mission of Startup Dad and the podcast itself. Quickly about Startup Dads, how it came about was when my first daughter, the seven-year-old was born, 
one of the great things about Intel, one of the things that in terms of that, you know, the golden handcuffs or the stickability <laughs> aspect of it, right, is uh, every seven years, we got a two-month sabbatical, paid sabbatical. Every employee of Intel, as long as you had a blue badge, you get a two-month paid sabbatical. So, of course, when I first started, I was 21 years old. and That's I was, why they like, closed, Joel. They got tired of giving away them two-month sabbaticals. That's right. <laughs> when I first started, I was 21 years old. So my sabbatical was like, oh, I'm going to go to Italy. I'm going to go all these places, right? Like kind of backpack the world. That's going to be my first sabbatical seven years later, right? And of course, seven years later, I'm married. My, my daughter comes into the picture and I decide, hey, I'm going to stay. My wife is going to do maternity leave. And then after maternity leave, the last two weeks of her maternity, I will start my sabbatical and I will stay home and take care of our daughter. So that's a completely different picture from what I had envisioned, <laughs> right? But man, I could tell you, Priest, it was amazing being able to stay home with her for those six weeks and take care of her. And I actually was a little, I don't share this too much, but I actually was on crutches during this time because I tore my Achilles tendon playing basketball. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, man. I was an old man and I, I thought I was still young trying to, <laughs> trying to keep up with the young kids and, and I told my Achilles said it, and but I was taking care of my daughter, and it was like trying to figure out one, you know, being a guy, try to take care of your daughter, and then also to be handicapped at the same time. But it was an amazing experience, and I loved every moment of it. And from there, I started figuring out, you know, I just love being a dad, and I just, and I've always loved kids, and always loved making kids laugh and stuff. And I was like, man, I really love this, and how do I spend more time with her, and how do I spend set myself up to be able to spend more time. With all of our kids, because my wife and I, we wanted to have four children. That was the catalyst for me that kind of sparked. And I think with everybody, there's like something that's going to spark that change for you to start heading down your your legend, as they talk about in The Alchemist. And that was it for me. And uh, I fumbled around with a whole bunch of different ideas for a while until I read the book 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. That really helped me set the stage and figure out what, how do I combine this uh, passion for being a dad, uh, as well as wanting to create that freedom, you leave the mark and the legacy. And uh, that's where Startup Dad headquarters uh, came about. And the mission with Startup Dad headquarters is really exploring the intersection between fatherhood, entrepreneurship, and life, right? I mean, you're, you're a dad. You want to find that freedom? How do you do that? How do you, is it too late for me? Did I miss the boat because I'm not a Mark Zuckerberg or a, a college kid that could just sleep on a couch if I fail? Is it too late? And uh, that's what we're exploring. And that's why I interview, you know, sidepreneur dads all the way to multimillionaires. And we talk about their story. Joel, you've been doing this for now over a year. You've talked to more entrepreneur fathers, both single, married, divorced, whatever it may be. Have you been finding a lot of stories like yours where there are fathers out there who are balancing this world between being a dad, being a husband, or being a divorcee into raising a home still and the challenges in between that? Are you hearing a lot of these good stories and what is the pulse out there? Yeah. And that's a great question because, you know, one of the things when I did read that book with Dan Miller, I think the last couple of years, if you look at the Super Bowl ads, there's a change in direction, a change in trajectory, if you will, in terms of dads going from these bumbling idiots that could barely do anything, right? It's not even safe to leave the dad for a second with the baby, <laughs> right? <laughs> to dads, who are passionate, who are, I mean, the amount of stay-at-home dads, uh, I looked at the statistics a, a while ago. I don't, I can't remember the exact number, but that's increased dramatically over the last uh, couple of years. Stay-at-home dads, work-at-home dads, dads who want to be involved and engaged. 
I mean, you still get those looks like when I take my girls to like the supermarket by myself or take them to um, to dinner by myself or those jamboree type things by myself. And it's mainly moms you still get those looks a little bit, but it's becoming less and less. And there's definitely a change in directions in terms of, listen, dads don't want to just work the nine to five come home, have a little bit of time, some supper. You know, there's not, there's not a little house in the Perry anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you know, have, have a little supper and then the kids are off to bed and <laughs> mom is waiting with the list of who was naughty and then dad just is the enforcer. Right. And, and, and then that's it. No, dads want to be involved, engaged. They're tired of missing this. You know, because their daughters are in soccer games now. They, 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 their daughters are playing sports. They want to be there. They want to cheer them on. And yeah, that's, that's really... What I've been hearing and a lot of that are figuring it out and making it happen. Like I said, from a uh, hundred and something interviews, like you mentioned, and, you know, a lot of them are sidepreneur dads, dads who've taken the leaps and then, uh, you know, multimillionaire dads like Dan Miller and what have you, who've been doing this for quite some time. And I've talked about this in the past, too, where and, and I think my father may have experienced this, where when he came home, he had to be the enforcer with me and my brother. Sometimes that's just not a cool role, especially nowadays. I mean, I think fathers are getting a little bit more savvy. That's why I think your podcast is so, so special, because you are hitting on those fathers who are really, in some cases, you know, making sacrifices to step away from corporate world to work home. And they're even willing to step away from six-figure jobs and work for half of that for the flexibility and all that kind of stuff. And not saying that there needs to be credit or pat on the back, but you certainly have something special and you're tapping into something where you're really saying, hey, there are dads out there that really want to be involved in their children's lives and make a difference in their children's lives because they see a bigger goal in mind than them just chasing the dollar. They see their family as one unit and so forth and so on. So that's that's really good, Joel. Tell our audience this a little bit, because you would know this. Again, you've had a lot of conversations. You've been doing it yourself because you went from Intel to kind of work in this, this side stuff on your own. How hard was it or is it to make the transition from what some may consider being a hobby, meaning when you were at Intel and you had opportunities to kind of work your side business, how is it to just go from, this is just my hobby, I work at Intel from nine to five to this is now my actual business that I have to work. That's a great question, and this so. And I just had an interview with uh, Kamanzi Constable, and we had we we talked about this as well. And you know, it is it was actually a lot more challenging than I expected. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason why. So at Intel, I was working seven p.m. to seven a.m. the entire. 14 years. I always worked night shift. And I, I was one of those individuals that needed very little sleep, mm-hmm. right? So four or five you hours. You were one of the special ones. Yeah, one of the special ones. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Not my body would say otherwise now, right? <laughs> like, but, you know, four to five hours of sleep and I would be good to go. And I figured, and also because I was working, if you can imagine working 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., um, very similar to like, a, I guess, a police officer or a, a firefighter where on your days off, you're shifting over to day shift. I mean, you're, you're not sleeping during the day on your days off. I mean, especially with little kids. Oftentimes, the day I would come off, I would stay up 24 hours, you know, spend time with the kids and stuff because they weren't even in school yet. I mean, my, my seven-year-old just started school a little bit ago. And so mainly they were home, you know, so I figured by the time I was making the transition, I'd be good to go because, man, if I could do the amount of work I was doing working full-time at Intel and I was a manager, so... 
the laptops would come home with me, work would come home with me. So I was doing that and building Startup Dad at the same time. And I was like, oh, I was seeing success. I mean, my podcast hit number one in, in all three categories in iTunes, which is not a small feat. And, you know, I was getting these amazing guests and stuff like that. And I was doing three episodes a week while still working at Intel. So I figured, man, I could do this. No problem. Transition occurred. A number of things happened between uh, health issues that we started to deal with. But what really, I think, will apply to everyone uh, besides the health issues. That's kind of like, you know, depends on your situation. But Mm -hmm. what really happened was that I had all this free time. (laughs) <laughs> and the free time is actually bad. Imagine that's, that's never good when you have that much free time. <laughs> that's never good because when I had the nine to five, I knew the time I had to work, right? And then, and then taking work home. And then I knew the amount of time like I had to work on Startup Dad. Like I had to be really efficient. I had to be really focused. I need to get this interview done. I mean, I was doing interviews all throughout the week, early morning, 5 Mm -hmm. a.m., midnight interviews. I was doing it wherever I could get these interviews in. And but I need to stay really focused. And then when I took the leap and now I had the entire 168 hours in the week, I figured, oh, man, I have plenty of time. And I was just flaking off, flaking off, not doing the important stuff. I would be on social media, you know, so it was huge distraction, getting caught up in a lot of different distractions. So the challenge was eventually I had to learn that I need to schedule out my day. I need to have my day booked every 30 minutes. Some people are like, man, that's a little bit too anal retentive. But really, for me, I need to have every 30 minutes blocked out with some flexibility, knowing that I'm going to do my most important stuff in the morning. And the other stuff that I have blocked out later in the afternoon, evening, if it doesn't get done, it's not the end of the world because I got the most important stuff done. That keeps me from getting caught up and getting uh, distracted from a whole bunch of stuff. Let's talk about your podcast a little bit deeper in this. And I know that you just launched recently um, kind of different parts to your business, Startup Dad, which is the Startup Dad Inner Circle, Startup Dad uh, Launchpad, and you have a coaching piece to the business. So you're really expanding the brand, which is awesome. But let's let's just talk a little bit about kind of the podcasting too that you have with it. If I'm a podcaster, I want to get into podcasting. How would you suggest I start doing that, Joel? What would you say to somebody that's just listening to us and saying, I want to try this? What are some of the first steps someone should take? Yeah, one of the first steps, I think, is like really deciding, figuring out what you what you're passionate about. Right. Like, you know, one of my guests, Tim Grawl, said, find an injustice in the world and then solve that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like solve that problem. Right. Because when you first start getting going with a podcast, if you don't have a business already, you know, there's one thing to have a business and then you're adding the podcast as an extension to your brand, like a book mm-hmm. and speaking and you're using the podcast to drive traffic to your website, to your services. It's another thing to start a podcast with nothing. And that's what I did. I started with nothing. This was it. You really have to be really passionate about what you're doing, who you're serving, you know, why you're serving these groups of individuals, because you're going to be doing this thing. If you're a dad, I mean, even if you're not a dad, you're going to be spending a lot of time on this and no money's going to be coming in. It, they got to be a bigger mission than money. 
So I would say like really figure out what is it that you're passionate about that you could do regardless. And, you know, a lot of people say this, but it's really true. Like regardless of whether you're getting paid or not, you feel satisfied and maybe satisfied, not even a strong enough word, but you feel accomplished that you are making a difference. And once I started getting those emails coming in, social media posts from dads who are listening to this show, I was like, yes, okay, I am doing the right thing. And then eventually over time, figuring out how to turn it into an actual business. But yeah, really, that's I think that's the first step. Obviously, do some research on on podcasting, what works, what doesn't work. There's definitely some strategies in terms of launching. If you want to launch it in a big way, there's some things there as well. But I would say the first step is really figuring out what you're passionate about. And I think a lot of people that, you know, they say within your first 10 episodes, most people quit. And I think that's because they heard something that got them inspired or they thought they were going to get a lot of money right away and found out that wasn't the case. And then they end up quitting. So I think you hit the nail right on the head that, you know, find something that you're passionate about or find an injustice out there that you want to put a voice to and then work that side of it. And then eventually, like you have, people will come in and begin to validate your work and say, Joel, this is amazing. I'm a startup dad and no one really wanted to hear my story because it seemed convoluted, but you do. And this is great. So, I mean, you know, when you go to your site, startupdadhq.com, you can see the different testimonies you have out there from people. And, you know, so you are doing a good work out there by shining a light on fathers and their families, frankly. What are some steps? You know, you have somebody, they found their passion, they're getting behind a mic, but maybe not even the guy that's doing the podcast. He's just or she's just someone that wants to, you know, discover something new or just get out there. And how do you do that, Joel? How are you discovering and finding new pieces of what you want to add to your satchel? How how do you continue with ongoing learning? Another piece to add to both questions, the previous question and this one is figure out what your passion is. You define who your avatar is, right? So you you want to be very clear who you're talking to, because I, I could tell you a lot of people were like, why are you just focusing on dads? I mean, this is so applicable to moms. And absolutely, I say, yes, That's it right. is applicable to moms, especially single moms, right? It is so applicable to single moms. And one of my clients is a mom. So it's not that you, when you're defining your avatar, it's not that you're saying no to everybody else. It's just saying, I'm being crystal clear that I'm speaking to Richard, who is 38 years old, who has two kids, John and Katie, lives in Long Island, New York, travels. 45 minutes to New York City to for work. And during that time, he's listening to podcasts. He's been climbing the corporate ladder, but he's frustrated. He's missing out on his kids. They're growing up and he wants to find freedom. That's my avatar. That's Richard, right? And it, it's so important to really hone down on who your avatar is. And I know some people are listening, oh, but somebody's already doing exactly what I want to do. Well, you know what? You have your own voice. You have your own passion. You have your own reason, your own backstory. And then you could also put a different spin on it. There's a lot of podcasts that are talking about fatherhood. There's not a lot of podcasts that's talking about fatherhood and entrepreneurship. So figure out how do you put your own, I mean, besides being your own uniqueness, which is enough already, if you feel like you need to have a little bit more, put a little bit of spin on it that there's a gap that's missing there and find that gap and fill that gap and just like crush that gap and be the person for that gap. I mean, so many people reach out to me and say, oh, I just spoke to this dad and I thought of you right away. You know, why does that happen? That's because I like figured out what I want to do and I, I put it out there and say, I'm focusing on fatherhood and entrepreneurship. And then people immediately think about Startup Dad 
when they hear that. So I hope I answered this. No, you did. That was really good stuff. That's important. You really have to know who you are to know who you're not, basically is what you're saying. And that's ultimately what it is. You know, we hear a lot of different things. What I tend to call ballroom hope, people are always racing out for the next thing that says you can earn a thousand dollars. Just know who you are and it'll help you better understand who you're not. And I think that's key. So how do you unplug? Joel, what, you know, what do you do to break away from business, startups, you know, all this other kind of stuff just to plug in with Joel, the family, or just Joel and Junior? How, what, what do you do? And that was another part of the learning process along the last. So I, I took the leap. I don't know if we mentioned it. I took the leap or the, the site closed down in April of this year. So it's been a couple of months and, uh, you know, I had a, a lot of health issues that we won't get into all that. But my youngest daughter had a lot of health issues, uh, which mm-hmm. I cover all that in the podcast. I, I try to be as open as possible um, because it is hard, you know, with whether it's health issues or any other issues trying to do this as a dad. Yep. But, uh, one of the things that I had to learn was that I have to take the time for for or me, it sounds, it, it's tough because it's like a catch 22. Like, um, you know, whether you're th- talking about working out, just uh, you, you, you and I talked about it, just taking that two mile walk. Yep. Right. It's like, well, two miles. I mean, that could take some time. That's time I could be spending on the business. I need to generate money. I need to make income. <laughs> Right. But you need that clear space. Yes. You need to clear the head. You need that fresh air. Uh, for me, it was like developing a morning routine. So I start my mornings now. I, I, I try to go to bed by 9, 9.30. And I start my mornings around 4, 4.30. And I have, and the reason why it's so early, I know some people are like, wow, wow that's crazy early. Well, my three-year-old, she, she sometimes she could wake up at like five o'clock. So, <laughs> and that throws off my complete day. I mean, it's not all the time, but she does wake up very early sometimes, you know, definitely by six o'clock she's up. So for me to feel like I've gotten um, some level of focus and uh, direction for my day, I have this morning routine that I've put together after trying multiple different things and definitely be flexible with trying different things out. And I, I put together a morning routine that includes meditation, prayer, quick workout here, um, you know, you know, separate from going to the gym or walking. And, uh, and that really helped me to unplug from that standpoint to start my day. And then, you know, I love movies. We don't watch a lot of television in the house. We only have like two televisions um, and we have a 3,300 square foot home. We have a pretty big home and only two televisions. Whereas wow. Growing up, I lived, we, it was eight of us in a two bedroom apartment. We had like four or five televisions, right? And uh, so we, we don't have a lot of TV, but we do watch, um, I love movies. So that's one of the ways we kind of, my wife and I kind of unplug a little bit is, is we'll watch a movie and, and stuff together. And a lot of people have to learn, not everything has to be business related. I mean, when you're reading books, find some books that totally, you know, Joel and I just did kind of a back-to-back podcast here. And, you know, I told him that a book I read was on spiritual leadership, which in one sense doesn't have anything to do with business. But then again, it does. And it has something to do with the home. But you have to pull from all places. So go to your local recreation and, you know, learn how to do photography or gardening or something. Sometimes just finding something else and stop pigeonholing yourself because entrepreneurs are some of the most depressed, anxiety-filled people because of the pressures that we put on ourselves and not finding outlets. Um, Whereas Joel, this is part of what he's talking about on his podcast, like, hey, 
look to some of those babies that you have at home or kids in some cases and look to your, you know, your significant other to kind of grow and see, you know, see the value in that. So as we wrap up here, Joel, you know, at the end of everything, how do you want to be remembered? What do you want your legacy to be? I mean, after all your coaching that you're involved in and now, you know, the podcast that you have, which is going really well and all the other things that you're working on. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want people to turn back and say to your kids this about you? Yeah, this is a great, great question. And the way I answer this question is, and it's also another struggle, maybe personally for me, I don't know, but, you know, you have startup dad, right? You know, I'm a father. My legacy is inherently built in my children, right? Like, you know, you have, like your son is in Texas Mm A&M doing big things, right? Scholarship. I mean, that is a testimony to you as a dad, as a couple, you, you and your wife strong relationship, you build strong children, Mm. right? So, I mean, your legacy is there. Boom. But there's this also this piece of Joel Lewis, the man, right? Joel Lewis, the individual, the name that will last or hopefully last or live forever. And there's maybe it's a little bit, you kind of think about it from a maybe a slightly selfish standpoint, but like, I want to make a mark on this world um, and leave a legacy of my name, right? And the way I want to be remembered, for me, this is like, in the, again, finding that legend we talked about in the, the book, The Alchemist, is my ultimate vision is to inspire and enable one small business launch every single day by fathers everywhere. Like, I want to help. At the end of the day, people look at me, look or remember Joel and say, he's the guy that helped people, uh, help dads build their business, find freedom, save relationships because they were able to create a lifestyle that they wanted without the stress of the nine to five. And uh, they were able to keep, you know, have that flexibility. And through that, with that less stress, happier home that feeds into the family and the home and everything like that. So that's really what ultimately what I want my... How can people find you? How can they connect with you if they're They've went to your site, startupdadhq.com. They've seen all the cool stuff you have on there. How can they reach out and just kind of dig more into what you do and get connected with it if they want to? Yeah, definitely. Startup Dad, everything's there. All my social media stuff is at the bottom, I think, of the new the new page, which I love. And then I always give my people my email. I mean, it's J-O-E-L. So it's pronunciated Joel. Parents are from Haiti, French, long story. But it's <laughs> J-O-E-L at startupdadhq.com. Reach out to me. Let's connect and talk. Joel, you've been outstanding. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Priest, for having me on. It was an honor. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to Missions and Marketplace. If you have a brand or business that you want to take online, or you're already online and looking for more exposure, visit us at affiliatemission.com, the premier affiliate marketing and management agency. Also feel free to get social with us and check our Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter pages and share with us your story on how you're leaving a mark in the world.